And we're back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to an all-star appearance. Hey, 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 we're back in listening land. Hey, up, up. Thank oh, you for way. joining us, uh, usual suspects. I mean, we haven't done the proper opening for quite some time now. We've been done doing the old soft opening, as we like to call it. Uh, Wayne. What? The, the mighty Wayne is with us. Hi. The mighty Louis is with us. And the mighty Jeff is God Almighty. <laughs> the three mighties. Oh, who'd have thought it? In the same room. <laughs> all, all together. Mighty, mighty, mighty. Yeah, well, thank you for being with us. We've lost some people in Canada. Oh, dear. Here we oh. go. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed in you, Canada, because we've been playing songs that you you blocked us on. Oh, I thought you were know about deaths. Oh, I did. I thought you were uh, going to say this is a very strange Facebook group you keep. We've lost people in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've lost people. We have lost people in Canada. Uh -huh. And we have lost people in Canada. Oh, dear. Oh. Because some of them have blocked us. Because we insist on playing music without license. Mm. Uh, you, know, you know, that's fair Is enough. that the reason why? Yeah. What, yeah. just because of that? You know, that, so on one of our previous episodes... They took we, it off their own back? Uh, no, on one of our previous episodes, we went to the effort of playing sections of songs. Now, you, you get to play a, a certain amount of time of a song. Some people like to play a little bit longer of a song, so you get to the slide solo, you know, 12 minutes in. And, ah. uh, no, and it's deemed as too much of a song and technically you're streaming a song for free for somebody else to listen to. So there are, it becomes limitations. But there's Talks. also the ground of promoting people's work. <laughs> no, we're but, actually promoting people's work. True that, yeah, but... And some of them don't really mind it when you do that. Yeah, but these so people... So always actually blocking us. Well, it'll be the the. Is it the record label? Yeah, it'll be a record but label. But they're they're the ones that will be benefiting from our promotion. Yes, but what you're also doing is you're offering the listeners free, free playing, free free content. Yeah, just go out and buy it. If you like what we let you listen to, just go out and buy it, and then make them all happy. Then Canada will come by. It's like legal representation from a town crier. <laughs> just go out and buy it. There is an interview uh, on BBC, not BBC, on uh, early MTV, and they're walking the streets and they're just talking to people and they want to know, I might have mentioned this before, but they want to know what people on the streets think about Oasis. And they come up to this young lad in a doorway and they're like, what do you think about Oasis? And this like, sort of like slightly disheveled guy is like, oh, I think great. Um, it's like the town crier and a poet in a band. Turns out this guy later down the line, is uh, Peter Doherty. Really? Oh, have you seen Pete lately? You got some, uh, yeah, you got got some beer in you. Got... That's um, unattractive. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen Pete lately, and he looks... He's he, on a podcast, isn't he? He is, is, uh, is well-fed, let's say. No, that. he's on a podcast lately. He looks really? healthy. Well, he looks healthier than he did, but he's, um, he has no jawline. No. I mean, have you not seen him? Uh, no, that mine is, no, you know, mine is depleting no, out. It's on a I've podcast. A I think while. there's two or three other people there, and they all seem to be having a good time without alcohol. Yeah, sober, isn't he? Yeah, they're all sober. Really? Yeah. yeah. Just uh, but Pete has put, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go for the number of pounds he's put on, but it's a lot. What would you, wait, really? Is that a good Christmas? Yeah. Well, he doesn't look like the same person, does he? No, no he, he doesn't. No, no, no. no, he doesn't. No. You wouldn't recognise him, to hmm. be fair. Uh, you keep talking, and I'll find a picture for Wayne of Pete Doherty of Pete... a certain part of Pete Doherty's anatomy. Oh, Pete, right. Pete Doherty looks like the sort of guy behind you at Toby Carvery who's very disgruntled that you're taking too long picking the right yeah. sausage. You can hear his heavy breathing, like. <sighs> <laughs> you know, maybe like is annoyed that there's only like don't you dare take them last there's only two eggs in. left in the tray and they're well done it's like and there's like sort of like unnecessary breathing and there he is Pete wow. Doherty no there he is yeah I mean that's that's an older photo but he has lost a bit of weight since old then one, but yeah he's trimmed down a bit since then yeah oh, he, he's had his hair cut he lives in France wow he needs to move back that's uh, well, what he done, but you know what I mean. He's... That's what all those fromage frays do to you. Good God! Yeah, uh, that is probably the most famous picture of him. But to be fair, that has, that has turned up on everything. Though. He he 
you know, it, it looks healthier than it did. And even in, in his high heroin days, he, <laughs> he, he was a fat junkie. So yeah, well, when he yeah, always a chubby face, was always he? a chubby junkie. Oh, he was the off, only yeah. junkie that yeah. knew when it was dinner time. <laughs> I, I would walk over there and show you this, but I'm sure Louis can pop it up on but screen. But can't, can can't be asked. <laughs> and I can't be asked. That's another that's another way of putting it. So I read something this week, which I was uh, um, I was a little shocked and disappointed by because I was expecting bigger things. Oh, bigger things. So does. Does anybody know why <laughs> or how, should I say, that Muddy Waters became no, to no, be called Muddy Waters? Muddy Waters? Yes. It, it's with grandfather get it in, didn't it? Because he used to swim in the muddy waters of the Mississippi Delta. Yeah, I was expecting something a little bit more exciting than that. And it was just a plain old fact that he used to like to play mud. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. What? Hold on a minute. Is that it? Hold on. Now, I'm pretty sure, I mean, it could be just it, and be, but we're not hearing it from the horse's mouth, right? Because I'm sure there's a Chinese proverb that's something like, it's... <laughs> if muddy waters swims in the... No, but, what? right, so, muddy waters. Chinese proverb, as in what? Uh, hear Go me to out, bed hear, with hear, hear me way. out, hear me out, right? A lot of these early blue stuff were references to... Uh, slave things like wade in the water was mm. about how to escape from the the owners. You know, you, if you if you waded through the water, the the hound dogs couldn't find you because they couldn't smell you. Yeah. Right, muddy waters. There's a Chinese proverb about um, something about fishing and muddy waters. How it's better to fish in muddy waters because the fish can't see you coming. Yeah. Plus, I don't know. There is, you could apply that. There is something you there. Could, like, you, it's you quite a famous that. proverb, but I can't remember how it goes. You could apply that. However. Like, I'm sure there's something there. There's got to be something there. However. This is more interesting. It sounds more... Yeah, well, I wanted something more you interesting. You wanted more. You I wanted don't believe something. it. I think there's more to it. I think, like... Yeah, I, I, no, I think, you're wanting something more than it actually is. Yeah. And his name, when McKinley Morganfield, but as a young child, he used to swim like they all did in the river, local river, that always flooded because they're in the Mississippi Delta. Yeah, and he used to play it mud. And he used to play it mud. And, and that's and it. And they all played it mud. We all played it mud as a kid. Yeah. But that's why we, you were known as Muddy Louie. Well, when dogs used to lay their eggs, they used to make mud pies. Yeah. <laughs> Dog eggs all over. Yeah. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Dog egg water. That's why kids are just strange today because they don't play mud. I miss the days shit. of the early 90s when kids went blind. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Kidding, it's a joke. So, on the, on the, the, on the fact of uh, talking about Muddy Waters or McKinley Morgan, where did he come from? Clocksdale. Where were he brought up? Clarksdale. Clarksdale, wasn't he? He was brought, brought up in Clarksdale. And there's another famous guitarist at the moment, a young prodigy called, now let me get this, Kingfisher Ingram. Nick. Uh, yes. Kingfisher Ingram. The King, uh, Kingfisher guy. Yeah. Great player. Great, great player. He's been a great, great player since we were about 14 years old. <laughs> Guitar player or like a gigolo? Oh, no, oh, He's no gigolo. Cobbs. Oh, you're saying great player, no, yeah. No. If you look at him, he's no gigolo. Cobbs. Okay. Uh, Made a player. Yeah. Ponto. <laughs> Yeah, we And it's got about two or three albums out. And he gets to his. It's usually the third or fourth album where his, his record label says, Right, we need a live album. So says, Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. We'll do a live album. Now, Mr. Ingram comes from Clarksdale. And Clarksdale is recognised as being the birthplace of not only the blues, but of rock and roll. Because from Clarksdale, you got Ike Turner that did Rocket 88. I'm going to have to skip through my notes because somewhere in my bursary, here we go. I thought rock and roll were Memphis. No. The first record that's recognised as being the first rock and roll is Rocket 88, and it was done by Ike Turner and... Jackie Breston. I think a lot of places are associated with birth by where the money was. So I think maybe Memphis is where they got paid. 
but that's not where it started. No, they, they, they wrote it and recorded it. Well, they wrote it and rehearsed it in Clarksdale. They recorded it in Sun Studios. In Memphis. In Memphis. So that's why they got paid. Been there. <laughs> but Been there. It, it, didn't, it didn't originate there. Oh, right. I always thought... Because no. And they played thought... it in the local juke joints there. Because mm. Ike Turner was actually a, a, a lift operator in one of the hotels. What was he? Yeah, that's what he did when he was a young kid. He was a bus boy. Whatever they call him. He always reminds me of Sammy Davis Jr. I don't know why, but he's just good. Sorry? He always reminds me of Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, right. Ike Turner. Uh, just a slightly taller version. I just, <laughs> every time to, I see him, I he, always think to eyes. Every time you see him, what, like at markets? Yeah, you know when you see him on like? TV or in documentaries, <laughs> yeah, the first yes. thing I think of is... Sammy Davis. Sammy Davis Jr. So Clockstill is, is it's not got a lot of people living there. It's, there's only about 20,000 people live yeah, there now. It's only a, a wee place, isn't it? Yeah, and back in the day, 30s, 40s, there would have been even less. When Maybe, or maybe not. You know, sometimes they're boom towns, isn't it? No. Okay. <laughs> well, it's more the African-American maternity <laughs> okay. as well, isn't it? That well, it was, there was plantations place. within plantation the local area, yeah. so picking. it attracted and kept a lot of the plantation yeah. workers were, were the black workers. And so they all lived there, went to the Duke joints there. A lot of them migrated out of there, went to Chicago, as did the Muddy Waters. But you got people like Sam Cooke, he's from there. Oh, right. Uh, John Leoka, Sun House, Robert Johnson, Ike Turner, Muddy Waters, Howling Wolf, Jackie Breston, Willie Brown, Arthur Big Boy Crudip. Oh. Now, what's he famous for? Crudipping. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's, it's a popular sport in the Mississippi Delta. Crudipin. Yeah. Crudipin. Well, that's all right, Mama, that Elvis Elvis. Did. Oh, it's oh, right. Yeah. He wrote and recorded that. Yeah. He actually performed that before Elvis yeah. did. Yeah, a lot of people think oh. it was him, don't they? Like, yeah, but it so, there's a few Elvis songs that are like that, people. And it's also the home of the famous crossroads. The what, sorry? The famous crossroads. What are, well, what, the, what, what, what are the crossroads? Where they sold, they sold to the devil. Is this where Robert Johnson, Johnson, that's where Robert Johnson sold his soul to the devil? And it's on highway, I think it's 49 or 48 and 61. 61. And you've got Charlie Musselwhite that comes from there. Charlie Patton. Charlie Patton's an old school blues player. And he's he he did a lot of work. Uh, and you've got Bessie Smith, Sonny Boy Williams the second. And who else? Who's not related to music. Well, he is because he doesn't like to sing the blues because he's performed on stage there. I know this. Go on, man. Bob Ross. No, it's not no, Bob I Ross. I don't know. It's not the late Bob Ross. He has actually sung on stage at, there's two famous clubs in, in I think it's the Big Red or something like that they call it, but it's Morgan Freeman. Wow. The actor. Oh, yeah. He's also from Clarksdale. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting. Oh, and uh, Mick Jagger was holding a Muddy Waters song. When he came in and met Keith Richards. Not in Clarksdale, though. Not in Clarksdale, no. But my point being, <laughs> my point being, all these people, yeah, birth of rock and roll, the, really the, the bed of blues, where, where it all really stems from. They all fragmented off into different areas. <clears throat> and so they asked Chris Christone, uh, Christone Kingfisher Ingram, where do you want to record your live album? And where does he want to do it? He wants to do it in London. Well, he's done it in London. And they asked him, why well, Why do you want to do it in London? He says, because they get it. We still don't get it over here. <laughs> All this heritage. Yeah. And they don't get it. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, the European well, and especially the English audience do. There's, there's something about how, you know, this is, I'm going to try and use some sort of, Analogy? Analogy. A weird way to explain it. There's a reason why we like going to a Chinese restaurant. Food. Because it's different. But we get it, right? Oh, yeah, we get it. And the dishes for us. Sometimes sometimes you don't appreciate what you've got. So I'm not the biggest fan of Arctic Monkeys. They are a very successful brand from Sheffield. I live in Sheffield. And I I, I don't really care about it. What's on my doorstep? But for somebody in... Botswana, they, they could go nuts for him. Yeah. So with, with Clarksdale, 
that's probably like they're sick to death of it. And they're like, oh, yeah, well. They never got it. Somebody must When the Rolling Stones went back over to America, well, when when they went over to America, they found Muddy Waters painting. Yeah, but wasn't that in like New York or something like that? Wasn't it? Oh, yeah, because it left. He was in Chicago. Keith was tremendously embarrassed because. He offered to help them with their suitcases. Yes. And Muddy Waters with an overall painting the corridor. Yeah. And, and they, they went over there thinking that it'd be carried about on, on a on a chair above people's shoulders because he was so mm. it was so worshipped in England. Yeah. When they went over there and found him painting the studio in in Chicago, they couldn't believe it. It is quite difficult for our minds to comprehend that America really don't get certain things. And that were back in the early 70s, might have been late 60s. And when Kingfisher Ingram is saying that they still don't get it in 2023. Well, there's this, I mean, I know this is localised to the blues thing, but I think there's a thing with music in America that's out of, the the ordinary template which they just can't get i don't think they can quite i, I think there's a, a fear of being different with the music so i remember an interview with dave bowie in the 90s the late 90s early noughties and he's and he's complaining in an interview like it's like one of these like late night tv shows and he's like complaining saying like america doesn't know what they've got they don't appreciate certain bands have got they don't yeah. and he's, he starts talking about the pixies yeah it's like there are these great bands that you have, but, but why no, don't they get but, it? But nobody's paying attention to them because they go for Motley Crue because they go for the visual product rather oh. than the substance. Yeah, they, they they go for the candy rather than the the protein. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll work. Yeah, I'll do. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, yeah. They're they're easy. They're an easy sell, and they go for the. Girls, Visu- visually, girls, girls. They go for the visually satisfying rather than things of that's got any gravitas. I don't know. It's it's difficult. It's difficult. I mean, there's some artists over there that are weighty, shall we say? Oh yeah. But a lot of them, it is. It's like an old catchphrase, isn't it? It's it. The the a lot of them come over to the UK or to Europe to make it like Arcade Fire, a recent sort of in the scheme of things big band. Right, mm. quite big. I remember them on Channel Four on some like low key morning Saturday morning music program where they were basically playing in a corridor, a corridor with a cello, bass, and an old uh, acoustic, and they were playing uh, one of their earlier songs. And they looked like a bunch of freaks. They yeah. looked like really like weird, boring, greasy haired, pale face geeks. But we loved them in, in the UK. They got to number one. They were really big. In America, they didn't want to know because it weren't no. sexy. No. Mm. I know the, that by no, the, the, you have to you have to really put on a big image. It's got to be full on over there. I mean, we know Van Halen were good as a guitarist. As a show that they put on, you've got... Um, what's his face? Up front there, checking itself about. David Lee Roth. Diamond David, Dave. David Lee Roth, sorry. Yeah. David Lee Roth. Who covered just a gigolo. Excellently as well. But it's a show. It's a show. It's all oh, about... Oh, yeah. It is. The, down, the clothes that they wear, the, the guitars that they used, everything about it is a show. It's it's visual. You come up to the UK and you've got... You play it down a little bit. You don't go show, showy. Come on, it's not what we do. You know, make it a bit darker. Play it cool. Yeah. Far cooler. Yeah, yeah. you play down over this side, over that side. You just get more colour. More More is not <laughs> yeah. enough. More. More passion. More. Yeah. No, no passion. It's not passion. It's more visual. Make it make it look bigger. Make it look more exciting. And it's and the music's shite. Just distract you. <laughs> but London is... So if if he's a blues player, right? Excuse me, London is like the second home of the blues. This is where like yeah. a lot of the English blues scenes came from. Like London yeah. was a big um, diving board into the global market. Yeah, um, London housed jazz, blues, rock, 
all sorts of stuff. And well, the trad jazz thing, weren't it? And then it morphed into blues. So I, I knew you, you were going to be talking about a location today, um, and I couldn't think of one in particular, but one that I was trying to muse upon was London and New York. Yep. And how they are very similar, but, but all can about be miles apart. Miles apart. And the similarities are that they house jazz, blues, and punk very easily. Yeah. And we can talk about how Britpop, you know, there was Blur and there was Oasis, but Oasis primarily just moved down to London as soon as we got any success, and that's it. But London, I, I want to I wanna focus more on the punk slash alt style of New York and London. And New York especially had what seemed to be in the 70s and in the late 90s, early 90s, they had this thing of poets with a backing band. And it was very like, yeah, very pacey, yeah. um, blocky. They'd always had that history, though, in America, of that. But it, but yeah, it, was, it, well, was a... it was specifically New York. Now, is that because it's a city and everything's black and white and everything's punchy and, and a bit like it's yeah. a hard life, like London yeah. was. Everything's black and white, hard life, gritty. It's, it's a, it, when, when you, You're got, not going to get a nuanced, flamboyant language. Or, when, you, when you've got the singer-songwriters of the late 60s or mid-60s to early 70s that were, that were knocking about in America, that were, that were trying to be that... Not, not on a... New York level, but you got all them that they went to Los Angeles. Yeah, they went to Laurel Canyon and they did it there. There was an area for doing it, but there's a reason for a sound of the Beach Boys and yeah. the reason for the sound yeah. of um, because it was uh, it was the Velvet surf music in in New York. You you got Bob Dylan. The cynicism that and the, it, in, in, yeah, because it was a hard city. It was bitterly cold in winter. It is bitterly cold in winter. And it's it's red out in summer, and you didn't shade most of the time because they're very tall building. It's a very strange place. So the visual rhythm of the city. Do you know what I mean by that? Like blocks yeah. of buildings, light shade, grey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hard yeah. surfaces, must Im- must impact the the stuff that comes out. Because there's a certain type the, of music came out. You've got your Ramones coming out well, of New York. Lond- That's a big... London and New York got punk. Yeah, London and New York got jazz. And blues, yeah. Like it wasn't. It, you got, the blues wasn't the same as Chicago blues, but it's more of like a uh, what's the word? Not refined, but a more. The, it was. It seemed like a. It develop, was a different it, style. It, yeah, it, it was. It, yeah. it took on its own life. You talk about styles from dirt certain places. There was no better place than grunge could have come from than Seattle. Yeah. It rains most of the time. Yeah, no yeah. wonder they're all depressed. Yeah. Like Scotland. Oh, <laughs> well, yes. Like, Grunge yeah. could have come from Scotland. Seattle's essentially America's version of Manchester. It rains worse, all the time. Worse, worse actually. But do, do you get what I mean about how there's two... Like, there's, there are differences within... <clears throat> so the differences are with, with New York and... Um, we we must emphasize seen it from this side of water. Seen it from this side of water, and I've actually never been to New York, but I, I've listened to a lot of music from New York. They seem to be, um, this is going to be guitar specific, downward stroking only. They seem to be very blunt. There isn't a lot of flamboyance in their music. That is it's, New Yorkers. It's very straight. And very, it, yeah, they're very blunt, very straight. They always, are, always, they are like that. always in a rush. Like you're not going to get Kate Bush no. from New York. No, no, no! You're going to get Kate Bush from the Cotswolds. Uh, you, <laughs> from the Cotswolds. Yeah, she's very English, isn't she? Hmm. She couldn't come from anywhere else. She could not come from. She could New not York come from anywhere, anywhere else. else. You couldn't put her in anywhere in America. Well, maybe Hampshire. <laughs> no, Hampshire's Hampshire, quite laid back. Main Street. Like it's a bit like Sussex. Yeah, it's a bit laid back. But she couldn't come from San Francisco. She couldn't come from. No. New York. She's very English. She's very English. Mm. Yeah, good on her. <laughs> yeah, but, but but that's arcing back to your to your blues thing. I, like they that that's all that this place is sort of no music wise. So they probably have no interest in it. 
but the, the places that do, are, I was going to say it's either London or New York. So I think he probably had a choice in maybe in his head of New York or London, but London's yeah. probably more more of an adventure. Yeah, yeah. To do it, be. and you get the European audience, don't you? You got people. Well, but, but well, as an audience, <laughs> apparently we respond more. Uh, we sort of respond better in a live scenario. Like we, we sort of like we engage. Like there's Dave Grohl's mentioned it a few times. How different places dance and and, and stuff. Um, and there's a reason why he likes UK is because they really get involved. Yeah, the, the, and they know the lyrics. Yeah, they know the lyrics. Not the chorus. They don't just know the chorus. They know the the whole song. Yeah. The because they all came here, didn't they? Every from every genre. It's not just like the, your rock or your rhythm and blues or your, all your blues people. They they all came here. Your reggae people came here. Bob Marley made it here, and then went worldwide. Well, his, his, his music, he didn't, he didn't get that much of a chance to do it, really, because he, he fell ill. But he, he, he promoted, through his work in England, Reggae got a chance to get global. Imagine if Elvis could have got to you, to, to London. Well, they always said that it would, it would have been a lot bigger if he managed to get to England. He would have been exposed to so much more different things. Like his taste of music may have changed. Maybe, well, that's why he wasn't allowed to come over. I mean, he wasn't allowed to come over because of his. Well, because of his, his manager, because he was a, he couldn't leave shores. But it, there was talks about him coming over and being looked after by certain people over here. Who oh, you've mentioned it past uh, Don Arden. Don Arden. He tried to get. Well, he he thought he was going to get him over, wasn't he? Yeah, he went over to see how it was. They signed everything. They did all this on other, and all it was was just a publicity stunt. For um, Parker in a parallel universe, Elton and Elton John, uh, Elvis came over and did "God Save the Queen," and then went on to do a folk career in, <laughs> yeah. in the UK. <laughs> what do they call Elvis's father? Um, I don't know. I know I can't remember. Oh, this is good then. <laughs> no, no, it would lead to be because when Don Arden went over to see, yeah, uh, Ken Tom Parker and Parker's people over there. Parker's people, is that what they call them? Yeah, Parker's people. Parker's people. They... Oh, what do they call his dad? Oh, somebody get the phone out. The Colonel? No. No. Did you see that video clip of, it was a, a UK oh. tourist and they were oh. visiting Elvis's um, Dreamland, whatever it's called, what is it called? Graceland. Graceland. Not Dreamland. And the queue in to get inside the building, and to the left, this, the left of them, it's a really hot day, is the pool. Yep. And this UK guy takes the top off, jumps over the barrier, and leaps in the pool, and then gets kicked out. Yeah, happy days. I'd be like, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised not more people don't do it. Yeah. So they've gone over to America. Vernon. Vernon. Vernon, Vernon Presley. VP. VP. <laughs> they've gone over to America to try and persuade Colonel Tom Parker to let Elvis come over to the UK so that... and and. John Arden's going to look after him, he's going to protect him, he's going to make sure that nothing happens to him. And they're in this penthouse suite, and... Uh, uh, I'm having a mental blackout here. I'm forgetting names. Led Zeppelin's manager, Peter Green. Peter Grant. Grant. Peter Grant. Peter Grant is there. Now, Peter Grant is a big fella. Mm. He's about 300 pounds. He's a big old weighty piece. So it's like a man that runs a circus. He looks like a man that doesn't, has never run. Yeah. Not even a circus. <laughs> and he's also got very bad eyes. Has he? Yeah, he, oh, he did. He's, Is that why he got so close to people when he spoke? Yeah, he, he could not see anything. He was blind as a bat. Right. So he's in this penthouse, and he's because he's, he's a big lad. He's got to sit down. He's, so he's thinking, oh, God, I've got, I've got to sit down. My legs are killing me. I've got to sit down. I've been there myself. I know what it's like. But it'll be me not being 300 pounds. He looks behind him. There's a big white sofa. Big, like, big white leather sofa. So I'm having that. So he's going to sit down. And all of a sudden, this sofa underneath him starts squirming. <laughs> what the devil? Elvis. He looks behind and it's Elvis's father. Oh. He sat on Elvis's father. Jesus, that's bad. That's 
Brad, if you're mistaken <laughs> for a just, white sofa. It was as well he's got a white suit on and he's got a white beard. And he's, he's, he's just not seen him. Oh. So he's plonked himself down and he just... I guess he was all shook up, weren't he? Uh, you could say that. You could have gone, would be uh -huh. just like clutching at straws. But how could you... you, you I've just sat. I've nearly squashed. I was his father. He must have been... How would he feel about that? Would he feel like... That was brilliant, that. Or would he feel... I'll never, never live that down. What am I going to Probably do? Probably both. Yeah. You'd be you probably thought... Between the two, Oh, you? my God, what have I just done? And then afterwards, laugh his tits off. And then Don Arden's going to say, because of you... Yeah. You're going to the ghetto. <laughs> and the ghetto... <laughs> what? He just can't help himself, can he? <laughs> no. He can't help himself. He's just jealous. <laughs> You can't think of any yourself, yeah, can you? You're both thinking now. I can't think nope. of any. No. Well, we can't go on with this. Suspicious man. Do you? <laughs> you always know what mother mine. No, I can't think of anything. There's millions yeah. on it, isn't there? Well, you could yeah. say about Elvis' dad was all shook up. Yeah, you, you could. Uh-huh. <sighs> Tenuous. <laughs> Look, you two are pants at this game. <sighs> Come on! Well, I didn't know it was a game. You, you, you've got a ball in your loft. Come on, you know. Oh tracks. yeah, I have. Yeah. You have. <laughs> uh, <It's> so... <laughs> okay. Cool. In, in chains. <laughs> <laughs> Hound dogs. Oh, oh chap. So yeah, Elvis. Evil Memphis. Though. Wait a minute. No, I nearly had one there. Oh, that's good. No. <laughs> But Elvis was Memphis, wasn't it? No, I didn't. It wasn't very popular. Really? No. Elvis was Memphis, not Clarksdale. What it was about? I've got a about just just to interrupt you, Wayne. My favourite track by Elvis is the one when he breaks out laughing. Suspicious Minds. Is that what it is? I is think it? so. Yeah. I told you, you know what they were. I like in the ghetto. In the ghetto. <laughs> I thought you just walked what in. What does Chocolate gato. <laughs> Chocolate it's gato. like a drunk man ordering a, piece, a pudding at a, a restaurant. A piece of gato. <laughs> then it, a chocolate gato. The chocolate one, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is he saying? <laughs> Don't matter, does it? Because it ends with chocolate gato. Chocolate gato. Yeah, so the Muddy Waters thing, a, a little quick story. So there's a blues bar in Atlanta called Blind Willies. Now, Atlanta is where uh, Muddy Waters' wife lives. Which one? Ooh. Well, one of them. I don't know her name. But the, in this blues bar, when, when I went over, I went to see his son, Big Bill Morganfield, who is just... Big? He's, he's huge, but he's so much like Muddy Waters, it's unbelievable. He looks, he looks like a, a tall version of Muddy Waters, and he really does. But he's a little bit chunkier, but he, he does look like him. So we're we, we watching him do his thing. Excellent. He does a lot of Muddy Waters stuff and a lot of his own ah, stuff. Ah, I'd be surprised if he don't. Mm. And uh, so afterwards... It doesn't the, do any Barbara Streisand, does he? <laughs> I can't remember him doing any Barbara Streisand, no. <laughs> So he came over talking to us afterwards. We shook his hand, though, chatting away well, to him. Well, he thought you were Barbara. Yeah, and chatting away to him. Babs, you're here. Talking about um, muddy waters and stuff like that. And blah, blah. And I tried to get over to see muddy, muddy waters as wife. Oh, it yeah. was like I was going to try and knife the president. <laughs> From out of nowhere, there must have been eight Seven foot, twenty stone bodyguards just, woof, just surround her. There were no way on God's earth I were getting anywhere near her. No way near her. That's weird, isn't it? And I just thought, wow, that's just crazy. Well, well, I remember you telling me this story when you came back. Absolute craziness. Yeah, and what was the name of the club? Uh, Blind Willies. Oh, you've already mentioned that. Sorry. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's strange. It's not like... Yeah. I can't understand why we... For one, I can't understand why she'd be at that gig. Two... To watch your son. I know, but she must have seen him a thousand times. Well, yeah. And... He's got about nine kids, though, hasn't he? 
Like, why? Yeah, something like that. Something you... like that. I mean, not all of them he can prove, or they can prove, but allegedly. Here's a question for you, Wayne. Go on. If you'd have met her, what would you have asked? You'd have been glad? Uh, no, the one. That's what I'm asking. Oh, right. <laughs> Here's a vegan. I don't really know. I don't really know. Ah, come on, what word? And your first was, question um, is... I was probably a little bit more... When you took the knife out of your pocket and you walked over to her, what were you thinking? <laughs> I don't, but that's a good question, actually. Thank you. If, I don't you know. if you could have got actually to speak to her, what would you say? I'd have probably said something on the lines of... Red sauce or brown sauce? Uh, I was a big fan of your husband. I thought your son was tremendous. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't the reason really I've asked know. you and pinpointed that down to you is because my brother-in-law, Walter. Oh, yeah. Walter, you know where I'm going with this. He's American. But we'll forgive him. He went to see, and he took my sister to see Muddy Waters. And I think he was in Rhode Island where he comes from. And they, they went to a festival there. And he sat on the front or second row. and. My sister turns around to him and says, is that him? And he was like three or four people away from him. He was sat with his little entourage on front row. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's him. And he, did, he, he didn't get up and ask a question. Now, what oh, was it, was, it, was, it was too petrified. He was quite a reserved fella. He was quite a reserved fella. But it's, it was just too much for me. He just didn't want to go up and... Ask him a question or pry into his private life or I, anything. I admire that though. Well, I, I do in a way. I, I think yeah. that takes a lot of restraint. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that I would have been strong enough. I think I would have, like, well, this is my chance. My excuse would have been I didn't want to make a fool in front of one of my heroes. Go down, go down with a wet pair of trousers. Yeah, I would have. No, no, go down. <laughs> no, I won't want to go. go. You don't have to do that, but you can. <laughs> But that's what I would have done. Mildly offensive. <laughs> um, yeah. But, Mildly offensive. But, like, I'd have seen it as an, like, like this, the, 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 the nicer side of me would have been, the nicer side of me would have been, right, I'm not going to bother him. I'm not going to bother I'm going to leave him alone. But the unnice side of me would have been, unnecessary spirit walking no, across the camera. No. Wayne's going for a urination break. Uh, he's had, left out here? Uh, I would have been too tempted to think, okay, it's my <coughs> chance. So I was once at a, a a pub gig in Sheffield. So pub are from Sheffield. Yep. And I, from one way or another, I was invited to a backstage party uh, where they were playing. And it was a free bar. Ooh. And uh, Jarvis Cocker was at the back of the room drinking some red wine. I saw him. I thought, right, here we go. This is my only chance. This is it. Yeah. I'm not going to see Jarvis Cocker again at, yeah. with the free bar. Yeah. So I took my opportunity. You would. And, and you I had would. a good chat with him. Be like me and Steve Tyler. Yes. You, no, you not, saw exactly yourself, not you, like me and Steve and Tyler. And you stayed in his RV for seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you disguised yourself as a toilet. <laughs> so Jarvis comes up. No, you go up to Jarvis and you say, um, "What did I say?" I because she's going to say you are a fan no, of no, Jarvis. No, remember, I, I, I was uh, ever so slightly lubricated from what? the social element. It was you're, a free you're... bar. Me, my, me, a friend, me, and my friend went to the bar, right? And we got our money. We we're getting ready, and I was like, "Okay, this is going to be expensive." And I said, "Oh, can I have a such and such and such?" And they went, "Yeah," and they gave it us. And I went, um, "So how much is that?" And I went, "Oh no, it's free." So we didn't know it was free until we'd made our drink order. Oh, well, I saw oh, it went to town. It, uh, Make yeah. it a double. Double, quad of everything I just said. <laughs> uh, four Guinnesses. <laughs> no. Uh, I walked back from the bar. Um, but I took my shot. I saw him and I took my shot. So with Muddy Waters, I think I would have gone over. Yeah. I would have, I would have, I would have risked. Yeah, I, I would have gone over. I, but I can see why I didn't go over, but, but I would have gone over. What would you have said? What would you have said? I'd have probably tried to be annoying and, and funnier by saying something completely detached to what he's expecting. Yeah. Crayfish, what's that about? <laughs> well, you yes. have to come up with something different because you can't go up there and say, Hey, Muddy, I've just walked over and I'd just like to thank you for your music. How many times has he heard that? Yeah, exactly. Like, 
catch get you their know, attention. You, you've got to go and say, "Hey, muddy." Was it really muddy that water? No, the crayfish biting. You got crap in your shoes, mate. <laughs> no, I don't like your suit. <laughs> don't like your suit. How many kids you got? You smell of ammonia. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Do you like candles? <laughs> Four candles. <laughs> You're going to be somewhere different, aren't you? Yeah. I'm going to approach it somewhere different, mate. You can't just go in with. So that may be why Walt didn't want to go to Walt. Uh, Muddy Watson say, I've yeah. been a big fan. I've got everything you've ever done. What's he going to say to him? Yeah. What's he going to say? He's good to talk. I'll just leave that one. Yeah. Let that one alone. Little Richard, I love your stuff. <laughs> Keith, uh, want a drink? <laughs> no, I've got one. <laughs> but that, yeah, the, um, the meeting your heroes, should it be done? Should you meet your heroes? Yes, ah, well, if you want have. to be. Yes. And should it be? I think you... Not. Oh, okay. Then the remain heroes. If, look, if you want to have opinion, you can't go for a wee. Uh, uh, leave door open, <laughs> why don't you? Should you meet your heroes? I... Well, should you, I, I you think have that, done. Right, I have. I've met, I've met some heroes. But there are some heroes that I've taken... As to how it's turned out as a as a blessing to not have seen. So by that, what I mean is, so in 2013, I was lucky enough to see the Rolling Stones at Glastonbury, and that was amazing. It was an amazing opportunity to see some of my heroes play, right? So Glastonbury, blah, blah, blah. And I've met some famous people over time, some blah, blah, blah. But the Rolling Stones are quite special to me, as most people will probably say the same, because they're, they're a quite well-known band. But... They aren't as special to me as, you know, you know, like it's David Bowie. So if I was to meet David Bowie or watch David Bowie, I think that part of me is making an excuse myself or pardoning myself for not having the opportunity to see him and making it easy myself. So like, yeah, you didn't miss anything. I am glad that I have never seen David Bowie because well, I'm glad I, I have now the the fantasy I, I still have the illusion of the magic of, of David Bowie I think if I'd, if I'd have seen him like I've seen the Rolling Stones I, I feel like it would have taken that that like shiny sticker off and I would have seen the man and it it made him a real person oh, I, 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 I did see him I can yeah I, I understand, and what, yeah. You, uh, while you went for a beer I was saying like I'm making any, like an internal excuse for myself yeah. which is uh as to why it's a good thing that I never saw David Bowie because he's dead, but because like <clears throat> I never got to see. It would all have been one of my regrets if I'd never got to see him. All right, you're not helping, but <laughs> I'm glad that I didn't because I don't get I to now. Like, I don't get to, to see him as a just real person. Chastise myself and whip myself every morning with a sharp brand. No, but you know, I, I I don't get to a holly bush. I don't get to see him as a real person. I don't. <laughs> I, I get to keep him as, as this a fantasy, as this like this alien character. Yeah. Well, it might as well have been an alien character to me, but I, I did see him. I saw him at Leeds in a small, intimate environment. What song course. did he open up with? Sorry? What song did he open up with? Don't know. What song did they close with? Don't know. What song did he play? Don't know. Good chat. <laughs> Don't know. I can't remember. Because no. he was in capture. It was involved in the... I was immersed. Intoxicated. Yeah. I was immersed in it. Yeah. That was the Earthling tour that you saw him on, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Well, he had that great, like, Three-quarter length that you can in Jack Jacket. Very minimalist set, studio lighting, in, in strip lighting. But it was the fact that he waved at your mum. Yeah. And he did. Do you know what I think about a lot? Well, Unless, I do, but, you know, but like, I'm getting on a bit now. When, when I'm driving and my mind wanders, I, I think about... Don't tell me that. Well, I, oh, I don't pay attention to roads. I just close my eyes. Hope for the best. Jesus Christ will save me. Um, so... <laughs> I, 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 um, I think about how David Bowie is afraid of flying, and how David Bowie was very prominent in the UK in the nineties, mm-hmm. and in the eighties he was very prominent in the eight, in America. Yep. And I, I think about how he obviously caught a boat over to the UK, and he stayed here for maybe about eight to ten years. I feel like in the nineties Bowie was in the UK, 
Right. Maybe towards the latter end, he was in the he was in New York. But I don't think he were actually. He, had, he, he spent a lot of time in Switzerland. That's and true. Sorry, he had that yeah, big yeah. apartment in New York. Sorry, that's true. He did in the later eight of the eighties. He went to Switzerland, and then in the nineties, he, he went to UK. But he was always in like the Big Breakfast. He was on the TFI yeah. Friday. Well, he, did he, like, he did like to move around a bit. But he he re immersed himself in the UK popular culture in the nineties. Yeah. With the drum yeah. and bass thing that came through, he yeah. was he was involved in that. He was like one of the unbeknown flagship. He was involved of... in a lot of things that don't get credit for. Yeah, if it wasn't for him, he wouldn't have had the prodigy. Yeah, and a lot of like uh, people earn money from the internet. Through, oh yeah, through music. He offered internet providing a provider service. Yeah. Well, let's not make this a. Yeah, a David Bowie appreciation. Yeah, because he doesn't deserve it. He's gone back. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Look at his eyes, freak. He went and died. Die. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you know that's why I think it affected a lot of people? It didn't affect Wayne because he didn't, never liked him, but it affected a lot of people because he, he had this foot in everybody's life, didn't he? In one respect or another. Like a tentacle. Yeah. Yeah, and it it he affected so many different ways that you never expected he could die. He could never be around. And then when he was not around, now two thousand sixteen, it just seemed like that can't be right. It, yeah, it it was just always a thing. Yeah. Um not that he wouldn't die, but not he was always like, gonna you, be there. You never assumed that you'd outlive him. As daft yeah. as that sounds. Yeah. Um it was never part of a consciousness way you were like oh well maybe you know he's going to die soon so like Cliff Richard Sir Cliff Richard he's still with us Sir Cliff Richard um, you know is he appears to be healthy but you can see him now and you can be like okay well I you know his his life his years his best years are behind him his best years we don't no want shit. any ill to come to Cliff no we don't but his but... best years are behind him he never saw you never saw David Bowie and thought, you know what, his best years are behind him. Never thought that. Never. You never no, saw him you looking thought, frail. What's he going to do next? Yeah. When you think about Cliff, you don't think that, do you? You don't. Well, you might win. I don't think about that like I do. <laughs> but what do you think about? Who what? do you think of? Have you got anybody in your musical appreciation society which roams around your head at free will? When you're driving up. Along on the motorway, who? What musical artist lives rent free in your mind? Just, just bubbling away there. Oh, there's hundreds. Oh, well, artists. tell us who they are. Well, I don't really have a conversation. Bobby Davro. I don't really have a conversation with myself on stuff like that. What do you think about when you go for a long drive? Well, I try not to go for a long drive. I get bored. Yeah, I've got time for that. I've got time. <laughs> I've got time for long driving. <laughs> well. There we go. Oh, plays them. Well, all right, let's narrow it down. And it might get a bit obvious, this. <laughs> Fascinating the name Joe. <laughs> Who <laughs> plays a big part in your musical influence? Yeah, actually, this is, yeah, good question. So, yeah. who is the... Who? What? Yeah. I, I, I would like to narrow it down to one. All right, give me You don't top, have to. Top three. Um, people like, obviously, Bonamassa. Job on Kenny Wayne Shepherd, uh, Rival Sons, uh, Cold Stairs, uh, Thunder, Akadaka. Is there a character of music? Oh. Not necessarily the, the, the music, but is there a character of music that uh, in, captures your imagina imagination? As in what? As in, so Freddie Mercury is a character. Right. David Bowie is a character. Like you, you, they are so. Is your there, character so much, one of is, There's so much stuff going on for them. Is there anyone like that? Not necessarily who musically, but like who just gets your attention. You know how we going about Bowie. Not it's yours. No. It's yours. It's just people in general. What is it that you like about Joe Bonamassa? I like his his early stuff. I mean, his last three albums for me has been crap. Um, I like I I just like his guitar playing. I like his his songs. I like where he were, what he was doing at the time and his tone, his playing. 
just you know, I just like him as an artist. John Bonamassa. But his last three albums have been very, very poor. I think. I think Royal T. Yeah, Royal T is probably in the probably top three album worst albums I've ever heard. Have I told you that um, Joe Bonamassa well, has I, a thing I, I called? I pre- appreciate your honesty in that. Knowing how big a fan you are, garbage that royalty. Joe Bonamassa has a thing on social media where he does these shorts and he is is exercising his uh, personality a bit more, which is good. Yeah. Um, and it's these shorts talking about it's called pro guitar tips, mm. and uh, people have asked him how do you play with such legendary guitar players and how do you how do you compete against them in in, in solo performances. And he, he talks about all this like spiel and stuff, and it sounds like it's going to be technical. And then what he says is, but the best thing that you can do is like after you've done a sound check, you just walk over to the guitar and then take the A string and just down tune it. <laughs> and that's my pro tip of how to beat your solo opponent. Knack <laughs> of the guitar. It, yeah, it's knack of the guitar. You tune it. And it's like joking. These are like little jokes. It isn't. It's got this little thing. It's a series called uh, Joe Bonamassa's Pro Tips. Where he just like he tell he talks he, he leads you down a bit of a garden path and then he like it, it destroys it by making something up about like something basic but it's funny and and Norm's not really his uncle no but they're not even related no no oh. <laughs> everybody thinks they are well they do yeah because he always says that oh yeah. my uncle Norm but it's not they're no, not it's even not, related no, no. Norm was a friend of his dad's yeah. He only knows Joe through uh, Bonamassa's dad. Yeah. Because Bonamassa's dad also had a, a guitar shop. He's got in, a better living. In Maine. He's got a better guitar collection than Joe. And Joe's got a big guitar yeah. collection. But Yeah. Well, he's got lockups outside uh, Rare Guitar Shop, hasn't he? Well, he's been locked up where? <laughs> Norm has lockups. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. He has, yeah. It's massive, his guitar collection. Mm. I'm going to draw this episode to a close because I'm afraid of how much memory is on the memory card. And you need a week. Well, I'm, I'm, I need a week. <laughs> and I'm afraid of how much memory I've got left. So, and on that note, goodbye.